working hard makes it memorable. Yeah. Putting in too. the hard work and just makes it that much better. Coming from the guy who shot a 315 ball from the tent. <laughs> Exactly. You know how many miles I put in to kill that bull? <laughs> Thousands. <laughs> Thousands. Welcome to the Elk Hunt Podcast with myself, Cody Rich. This feed is home to the best elk hunting podcast that I've done over the last seven years. And if you want to be a better elk hunter, then you're in the right place. If you want the blueprint that I developed after interviewing hundreds of the best elk hunters in the world and 20 plus years of my own hunting experience, check out my new Elk Hunt 201 course. It's a four-step system for doubling your success. It's a framework to give you a step-by-step system that you can build off of for finding elk, getting close to elk, and killing elk without getting lucky. Check it out. Link in the show notes. Alrighty guys, welcome to Wapiti Wednesday. Uh, yeah, welcome. It's almost season, so I don't know about you guys. I've definitely uh, I've transitioned. For the record, I've kind of like slowly started to slip out of bear phase and start like I'm ready to start scouting, start looking for elk. They have horns again, so I think it's game time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. Starting to see bulls there towards the end of bear season. With the way our bear season went, yeah. definitely excited for fall. <laughs> so you guys been uh doing any shed hunting this year oh yeah yeah i uh i've definitely been that's kind of like my passion i kind of developed um my brother actually got me into it but yeah i i've been shed hunting a lot and uh colby's finally on the on the wagon a little bit i'm, I'm slowly getting him there but yeah I've, been <laughs> well, the one that shed hunting. I've done my fair share of that i'm actually i think my last trip's gonna be this w- next weekend so yeah, and I'm more or less like you're uh, side by side and glass for a little bit and hope to find a shed, you know, off the side by side. That's my uh, style, Eric's, Colby. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to dive down in those canyons, but uh, after going with Eric a couple times and actually finding horns for once, it was like, man, you know, this is rewarding. Finding a brown <laughs> horn laying there just randomly is awesome, but and it's tough coming back up that canyon. <laughs> So, alrighty, guys. Well, why don't you, for those who don't know, kind of give yourselves a little bit of background. Um, now, you, uh, I guess Cody and Colby are are in still in Oregon, and Eric, you're in, in Idaho now. But you guys usually spend quite a bit of time hunting together. Or what's the what's the backstory there? Yeah, I, I guess I'll kick it off. Um, so we're family friends. We've been family friends forever. Our parents know each other, and they hunt with each other, so on and so forth. Uh, but we started a group called CCS back in 2010 and kind of started hunting and, you know, uh, I guess getting sponsorships here and there, uh, but spending way too much time hunting with each other uh, <laughs> every week and possible, you know, to where our girlfriends, wives don't get mad at us. Um, but yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell is lifelong friends. Uh, love these guys like brothers and we hunt a lot. Yeah, we just picked up the camera for fun so we could relive the memories. Yeah. Yeah. And then it kind of just like took off and, you know, people just started liking it and it was just, it was kind of cool to build, you know, see that following grow, but it definitely just started as us out there just doing what we do. Honestly, just a bunch of dipshit kids video on themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. That sums it up in a nutshell. So I think that that pretty much uh explains every youtuber ever so i mean yeah. there's that which is kind yeah, of a success real, story bro. in itself and you kind of evolve over time 
trying to make your your videos a little better and but starting out it definitely was for fun all for fun <laughs> and still is to this day yeah. but as you know there's other stuff involved with it as it evolves in time and everyone else starts doing it of course so but, i gotta uh, ask like uh one of the i guess one of the things is like when you spend that much time around each other do you guys ever get in any good fights at all oh boy yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> hunting or in Mexico or just just at the house drinking beers with each other. They don't last more than uh, fifteen minutes to an hour, but yeah. But we've definitely had our doozy <laughs> fights. We had a couple good ones on our eight day backcountry trip where we started kind of going crazy towards about day six or seven. We get yeah. on each other's nerves, and I'm sure you know how that goes. Oh, I don't think there's anything that can test a friendship like being in the backcountry for eight to ten days and then add like all the stress of hunting or success or lack of success. Like it just exhaustion. Man. Yeah. Oh, hydration. Yeah. Food. <laughs> just yeah. everything. Eric's got more snacks than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely well, Eric, come prepared. On that trip, I, Eric just filmed the whole time, so that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so going back like when you guys uh it sounds like you guys have been hunting elk pretty much uh since you were little kids or younger i guess i don't know when uh forever what was that forever yeah we've been hunting elk you know since we before we could walk since our, <laughs> our dad carry us yeah so i guess going back to that do you guys kind of all have a similar style or like just do you think that like growing up together and being familyhood or childhood friends like that kind of creates the same style because you all grow up learning together we we have a lot of different styles um yeah Eric, completely different you know just i think it's just being a hunter trying to figure out your own way you know you 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 learn yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Eric, what would you consider your style? Um, my style of hunting, I feel like it depends. I think I, you know, I'm more of a, I guess I'm more of a versatile hunter. I've done a lot more rifle, like combo rifle and archery hunting than both Cody and Colby. They've been like predominantly archery hunting. So, and for me, you know, I, I learned a lot from both, but I try to like combine them. And I guess I'd say, I prefer the spot and stock method early on, you know, obviously, especially where we're at, but it's hard with our timber and stuff where we archery hunt. So where I rifle hunt, I can spot and stock where I archery hunt, I can't. So, you know, I had to like transition over into that type of thing, but I'd say my style more is also recently I've really been getting into calling for sure. Like I've really gotten into like, I want to bugle bulls in, I want to call them in, you know, and <laughs> that thrill to me is just, that's almost better than the shot itself, you know, like just getting to like have that bowl come into you is awesome. For sure. So how about you guys? Mm-hmm. Like what would you guys, Colby, Cody, like what's your guys' style or like, I guess, is it different between the two of you or, or like how, have, how do you approach things? Uh, I, I guess we have fairly similar. Um, we honestly hunt about 10 miles from each other each year as a crow flies. Uh, kind of do different stuff though. Um, archery hunting. I've honestly never picked up a rifle and hunted a note ever i uh, <laughs> killed a cow elk when i was uh, i think 13 with a muzzleloader or 14 and just didn't like it i liked archery hunting um but kind of my style is that 101 that you mentioned earlier kind of <laughs> the, the wander six, around in the woods and hope you get one yep. yeah 
Yeah. I mean, it's like playing cards, you know, you got to play as many hands as you possibly can. And, you know, the more hands you play, the more hands you win. For sure. I honestly do not claim to be a good elk hunter at all. Me neither. (laughs) Me neither. So like that's three of us. I think everyone just kind of wandered around. Yeah. I do. I do think that like we talk about like when you, this whole like 101, 201 concept, you know, like I think we talk a lot about like getting at bats and it's kind of like the cards game where you're talking about where it's like, you just got to play a number of hands or, you know, a certain number of hands. And like, I I feel like when you're just kind of starting out, you don't even have a clue on how to get more opportunities. And I think the more opportunities and more at bats you can get, like the more successful you become in theory, or maybe just the more times you're screwed up. And if you're like me, it takes you like (laughs) three or four times to screw something out before like, Oh, wait a minute. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember back in the day when I first started, it was like, there were years I never got a chance. And then a couple of years ago, you know, I'd get one chance a year and now it's to the point, you know, where I get a couple of chances and I always used to say, man, I got my one chance. That was it. And it, a lot of years it goes like that. You get yeah. one, you get one shot here in Oregon, and if you mess it up, yeah, good luck. you really got to work hard for that other one, or you just stumble upon one. Yeah, that's yeah. always fun. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like it's a lot of like there's a lot of luck. Um, and yeah, I, I remember like that same thing, like thinking like, oh man, you get that one opportunity here. You know, now I feel like it's a lot more or a few more, and I don't know if that's just like being in Montana versus Oregon, uh, but yeah, like. And it also depends on how many days you get out. If you get out, you know, mm-hmm. only on yeah. the weekends throughout season, yeah, one chance, maybe two chances. And that's what sucks sometimes about hunting with a big group of people is like, you know, it's your, it's your at bat and you swing and miss. And then it's like, you don't get to step up to go to bat. You play caller film guy or whatever, mm-hmm. like for the next yeah. week. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And I mean, like, and that's where, honestly, it's funny that you're saying, like, it's just you hear the differences between, like, the way we do things. And I'm definitely, like, I wander around, too, you know, and like you're saying, just getting out there for sure. But I also, like, kind of have more of the approach of, like, I try to be a little more tactical, you know. And sometimes I definitely, like, overthink stuff, like, just trying to overthink everything. And Colby always just want to, you know, do is, like, well, let's just wander over here. And I'm like, no, dude, we should have to try. I've heard it <laughs> You know, this thing, that's where we butt heads, you know, because I'm much more of like a tactical, have a plan, and Colby just wanders in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've killed half my bulls napping at a wallow. I don't think you can go elk hunting and not wander the woods unless you have an inn somewhere. Yeah, that's true. You got to find them. Yeah. You got you to gotta find where they're at, find where they're going, find their water. You can't not wander, I think. But no, I would, I would agree with that. Like, like for the most part, it's about covering. Now that boils down to like, do you know where elk are? Or do you not know where elk are? Like mm-hmm. if I don't know where elk are, I'm like, man, I have no idea. I need to find elk. I'm totally wandering most of the day, just either trying to find sign tracks, like just anything that maybe where the hell they are. Like you said, a wallow. <laughs> Whereas if like, I'm like, okay, there's elk in this drainage in the top of this. Uh, here's a wallow. Yeah. I'm totally totally okay with napping at the wall and seeing what comes in <laughs> yeah. but, or, or like hey these elk are right here here's what they've been doing i'm gonna hold, wait till this evening and go hunt them so like man i, th- I see a lot of guys like you know there's a there's a fine line between like hunting hard and hunting smart and you know totally if you don't know where any elk are hunt hard wander it's not even hunting hard just like wander aimlessly through the woods until you stumble upon something that 
gives you a sign of where those elk are. Mm-hmm. But if you, yeah. you know, like sometimes it's about being smart and being like, okay, let's wait till this evening when they start moving or they start doing something different. You know, obviously if it's like early season, they're not rutting, you can't just sneak in on a herd of elk uh, when the wind's swirling like crazy. So you, you know, play it smart, things like that. And I, you know, that's like what we're talking about. I think it's just a matter of screwing it up enough that you learn what to do and what not to do and when to do it. Yeah. And it's, exactly. it seems like, seems like where we hunt, you know, the units we hunt, the elk, you can't just say that there's elk in that drainage because there could be elk in that drainage two hours prior and then you go into that same drainage and it's gone. So the elk here move like crazy. Like, yeah. One day you'll wake up and they're, you know, be screaming everywhere. The next you'll wake up and they'll be, you won't even hear one the full day. Yeah. You think that's because they move? Yeah. You'll get one day where they're in your area they're in your area and then they are gone yeah and that's what we've noticed but you know it's just they move so much here it doesn't seem like you can just go find them like this is where they're going to be in the morning yeah. they're they are moving yeah yeah so, i mean they definitely they go move ahead. but like the country usually that we spend the most time in is pretty you know, pretty steep and extreme country. So when they move from like base to base, you know, like basin to basin, it's like a lot of ground to cover if you can't find them to go after them if they're not vocal. So, I, I mean, they're definitely like resident elk for sure. Like they're not, you know, migrating elk or anything by that matter, but like they they definitely move a basin, you know, or a couple basins over. And sometimes that's like you might have to, you know, spike, spike camp <laughs> one night or something like that on your back type of thing mm-hmm. yeah and that's kind of one of the cool things about how me and cody hunt you know kind of 10 miles as a crow flies there's weekends i get into elk like crazy there's weekends where cody's into elk like crazy and i'm into nothing at all and yeah. that bull that, that bull i killed this year that five point colby's got on camera two years yeah. ago yeah same exact bull you know so they travel the same areas it seems like and they winter in the same areas mm-hmm but so would you guys say you're covering a lot of ground? And I, the reason I asked that is because, and I, it sounds like you're covering a lot of ground. Uh, but I talked to someone the other day, and they were kind of asking me, you know, hey, here's what I did, blah blah. blah. I didn't get into any elk, and I don't, don't I don't know the whole story, but it does seem like they were kind of like, oh, well, I heard there was elk by the. They just use this like lake, you know, you know, this lake here, and so they kind of went and camped there and just hunted around that leg and didn't find any elk and to me it's like man you gotta be like i could be 20 miles this way or 10 miles this way like i'm hitting huge swaths of ground and i think too many people look at and maybe this is like people that don't have a lot of elk hunting experience but like come into an area and they think they're just gonna like set up camp and hike out of their camp and find elk when you know a lot of that country and i've hunted a lot of eastern oregon a lot of that country like you know you could go hike in five miles, do a 10 mile loop one day, not run into a single elk, go 20 miles down the road, do another five, 10 mile loop. And like, Oh yeah, I got into one elk. So you're just covering like miles and miles and miles of country. Um, and I see a lot of people that I don't think they're covering enough country. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's days where I don't cover enough country, especially as I get a little bit older. I mean, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, I remember doing 15 miles in the morning and going back to camp and then doing it again in the evening. And it was like man, hunting every day after work, hunting every weekend, 31 days or whatever it is, 30 days out of the season, hunting every day and getting, you yeah. know, one or two opportunities. You just got to be out there pretty much is what 
the way I see it. That's how we hunt. So yeah. what would you guys consider like the biggest piece of success if you could nail it down? Like, is it just a matter of covering more ground, hunting more hours, uh, being better at hunting the areas you have? Like, you know, like what tips for success would you, do you think like have kind of attributed to your success in the last couple of years? Just be time. patient. Yeah. Be patient, put in the time, put in the miles. I mean, eventually you got to stumble upon one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you put the miles in, you're going to run into an elk at some point in time. Yeah. And then learn from your mistakes yeah. every time, you know, well, watch the wind. Be like, for me, you know, one biggest thing that I've learned too over like, granted rifle hunting, this is rifle hunting. It's a different, you know, aspect than your guys' archery hunting, but glassing, like covering ground smart, you know, so like you cover ground, but you can't like stick to one long in one draw but sit there and glass it and then walk a hundred yards and get a different angle and then glass you know and just keep doing that cover ground with your eyes a lot and then just keep moving and only you know for me it was only stopping with you know fresh sign or the animals that i've seen like that's the only thing that's going to hold me up and so that's what it's helped me a lot with rifle hunting and then you know through that like i've had success in a certain area and then go back to that area. Like they're definitely creatures yeah. of habit over time. If you find like a little honey hole, I mean, I've killed two six point bulls less than a hundred yards apart in the exact same draw, three years apart. And mm-hmm. so it's just like stuff you learn, you know, over time. It's like, wow, well, you know, go back. Like just cause it worked once, don't avoid it. Obviously just keep coming back to it. Cause you'll find them in that area. Yeah. 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 And then kind of on the same point, just kind of something I've kind of learned recently is, you know, don't be afraid to move. Um, Mm -hmm. Me and my family, we have a honey hole that we found eight years ago. And I think we've killed (laughs) 20 plus bulls in there in the eight years. And just over the last two years, we haven't killed a single one. And so last year we finally decided, hey, let's try somewhere new. Let's pick up and move. It was tough. It wasn't easy. But we got into elk again and ended up killing one for the first time in three years. So, you know, I do, I feel like a lot of people get nostalgic about spots. Like you find like this honey hole and for whatever reason, it could be habitat, you know, just like it's prime, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. when it starts to go downhill, people have a hard time letting go of that honey hole. It's like, "Ah, it used to be good. Used to be good. (laughs) So well, you know what, you know, you know what the animals do most of the time in that area. If they're not here, you can go check here. If they're not here, there's a water hole down here and, you know, it's just so hard to leave the area that, you know, but just don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. And I always, you know, look back on future, you know, past success, like, Oh, I killed this five point bull right here. That herd was going right through here. And, you know, there's an elk trail right here, but no recent elk tracks. And there's just absolutely no elk in there, but I live on past memories and it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I think everyone's guilty of that. Like you, you'll stick into an area when people find an area, good area, they'll stick to it way too long. And I'm guilty of that too. And that's like each year I try to, uh, try to spend some time looking for new ground, even if it's like adjacent ground, right? Like, so like, here's the area I'm going to hunt, but I'm also going to go check out this new one, new basin or something like one new area just to see. And so that way I'm always kind of adding to the, you know, the area repertoire or the catalog of areas that I have. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'll go to this draw, you know, like go check out this area and just try to add a little bit of new country every year. Cause mm-hmm. inevitably it's like all good things come to an end. All good spots are going to come to That's- an end. Like 
never in the history of ever, you can have like a good spot. That's good forever. I just like, I think that, I think it's just habitat change. Yeah. And people, 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 yeah. 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 Spot and wolves. Wolves. Yeah. And I mean, and that going back on, like you brought up a good point, Cody, when you're talking about uh, looking at adjacent spots and stuff like that, that's another thing that's huge that I have taken like full advantage of and really dove into is uh, e-scouting, online mm. scouting, you know, using Google Earth and Onyx like crazy, just looking at, you know, everything that's about like even those past spots, you know, when I'm looking at new area, I try and find similar areas like that past spot. Mm-hmm. making a path you, in the morning and everything yeah like you know the breaks and just you know the drainages the aspects everything you take that into consideration and that can really you know like you bounce around and that's how i e-scout new areas and it doesn't always pan out but it just gives you somewhere to start and, and it can really help you with your hikes you know yeah avoiding avoiding a big drainage when you can walk around the rim of another you know the same ridge that helped us a lot buck hunting this year eric and i Mm-hmm. Or it's also it can get me into trouble because I'm like, oh, if I just take this little shortcut, I can get right <laughs> over here. <laughs> All I gotta do, like this, is five matter. miles later. Like yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it does look a lot different. I've definitely been cliffed out a few times shed hunting and had a long trek back up the mountain <laughs> to get around and drop down another draw. Uh, <laughs> I was funny. not. <laughs> So was that yeah. eight, that eight day backcountry hunt you guys did? Was that last year or the year before? Um, that was four years ago, wasn't it? Oh, four years ago. A while ago. Yeah, yeah. We've been we haven't had the time to make like an eight day trip. We've definitely made backpacking trips, but we've kept it to like four or five. You know, we don't have we don't really have any pack animals or any way to pack in. So eight days, you know, on your back, getting back to where <laughs> yeah. you like There's to almost too much. Hard. That's a lot of food to take in. That's the that's yeah. the, like the downside is like you gotta pack all your food in. And we had a a mule pack our food in and our shelter, and it was getting it out with Whoa. the buck that I killed. <laughs> well, yeah, and it snowed eight and a half inches on oh, the way in. Thank gosh we had a mule to pack it in because no way we would have made it with that eight and a half inches of snow. We September barely 8th. made it with the mule. <laughs> it was rough. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah. it was awesome but yeah we want to do the same kind of trip one of these days but just time off and you know shorter trips kind of seem more logical for us kind of in you know the eagle caps so what advice do you guys have on like uh hunting trips on shorter like shorter time frames uh do you have i mean is it just a amount of covering more ground is it amount of like choosing your spot a little more wisely like because i know there's a lot of guys out there that don't necessarily get the full week off you know they're hunting weekends uh, usually bombing over somewhere and just kind of hunting a weekend. Like what has like helped you guys kind of be successful on shorter trips? Just pack light. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, patience is a big thing that I have problem with, um, you know, sitting in an area and, you know, it's a problem I have and don't have, I guess, spending too much time and not spending enough time. Um, <laughs> you know, it makes sense in a way. But, you know, spending time glassing an area, looking over everything, I want to go over to the next ridge. And sometimes I feel like I don't spend enough time in one area and I push stuff out in the process of finding a new spot. And uh, go ahead. Oh, you go for it. Oh, backpacking is a lot more work than a lot of people think, too. Yeah. So when people go, you know, think they're going to go kill an elk and backpack it out, 
you know, right away, you know, just make sure you guys, everybody knows what they're getting themselves into because the elk is heavy and that's a lot of trips by yourself if you're planning on going back in by yourself or not having friends because yeah because me and eric killed my uh big high country bull in the eagle caps two three years ago Eric. yeah two years ago wasn't it yeah and i killed the smaller of the two bulls and there's no way me and eric could have packed it out by ourselves oh having friends close and yeah we we made it back to camp i killed him at seven in the morning packed him back to our camp which was still in the back country at seven at night and then my dad and Cody here came up after work and packed out half the elk. Otherwise, there's no way we could have packed it out with camp. <laughs> and you got to have enough time. I mean, it's brutal back in there. Yeah. And you, uh, you just got to plan ahead. <laughs> man, I don't know yeah. how many times. And I think I see it a lot more lately because, you know, I'm usually in pretty far with horses at least once or twice a year. And inevitably, there's some Yahoo that's like – you know, five to 10 miles back shoots an elk and then has this like aha moment of how big an elk is, you know, by himself. And he, you know, trying to beg us to pack it out for him on horses. And it's like, man, like, I, like it happens almost every year these days. Like someone's got an elk and they just can't pack it out by themselves and they want us to. Pack it out. Yeah. That was me and Eric, but we were walking down the trail just in, in our Moreno's. That was it. <laughs> Eric yeah, was he got her done it. though. Oh yeah, he was against it until he, you know, shut everything off. He's like, "Man, you're right. This is great." <laughs> I, so I will say, great. like, I'm I'm pretty <laughs> guilty of like, I will shoot things and then figure out how to pack it out later. Like, that. that's our problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "This is cool and all, but, but uh, <laughs> a lot of pack this thing out of here." Yeah. So is but, that your guys' worst pack out so far? Um, ooh, worst pack out so far. I don't know. We've had some brutal, honestly, Cody, I'm not going to lie. I think my worst pack out so far has been shed hunting. Yeah. I'm not going to lie because of the country that I go into and how far it is and, you know, the steepness of it. And then I'm packing camp out. And usually, I mean, it's a good and bad thing, but usually we're packing out, you know, our fair share of brown antlers to add on another 80 pounds onto your pack, you know, like you're packing out over a hundred pounds a long <laughs> way. That's, that's a heavy pack. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. and granted we like, I don't have all the necessary equipment, you know, you it's, it's still doable for everybody. Like obviously there's much better tents and sleeping bags, you know, like lighter weight stuff that I could have, but I don't have, you know, that opportunity and, and, so we get it done with what we have and you can definitely do it and make it work, but it's, it's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you probably one of our worst pack outs and we didn't even have anything dead was spring bear hunting in hell's Canyon. <laughs> Say <similar laughs> Not too long ago. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. I thought I've been on that pack out. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't pack anything out but ourselves and what we brought in. And I thought I was honestly going to die. Like it was, <laughs> it was scary. Just looking at <laughs> the top, like, what the hell did we what do? What did we do? Why? No, that was, <laughs> we shouldn't even kill a bear in here, guys. There's no point. And yeah, we made it out though. It literally <laughs> looked like we went through like a tree shredder, like arms cut to crap, bruises. I think I broke part of my stock. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but those are the best but stories, man. Like those good pack yeah. outs. Oh yeah. You, those yeah. Are what you remember. <laughs> 
What about you, Cody? What's your worst pack out? Cody, I don't know. Like that that Cody or this Cody? Yeah. No, 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 you, Cody, sorry. Cody Rich. <laughs> oh. Um I don't know. I was trying to think uh which one. The one I just had a few weeks ago in Sled Springs was pretty brutal. Um, yep. but, but you guys are talking about Hell's Canyon and we, one time we, um, we were in crazy man and, uh, went all the way to the bottom of crazy man thinking we could just go down the Imnaha river a ways <laughs> and skate that, or we were going to cross the river and we'd be golden <laughs> and we get there. The <laughs> yeah. And we get the, get to the river and it was actually got, a bear loaded up, get down the trail, like hit the river. And the river is probably 120, 150 yards across. Like it was just completely <laughs> blown out. Like oh, yeah. to the point where it was like, yeah, we're not crossing this. And so we had yeah, to like no <laughs> go down river. I don't remember what it was, five or six miles, but it was like the brushiest, nastiest nightmare of a down the river trip. And it was just like all, I think we got, I mean, we ended up getting kind of picked up in the bottom somewhere down there at midnight. But I think between five or six of us, we had one flashlight. And <laughs> I remember like at points where we'd like try to go up to get above the brush and then try to drop back down just to see where we're at. And we were sitting on the side of the hill there and someone hands me the flashlight. So I guess I'm on my bag and I look down and we're like sitting on the edge of a 200 foot cliff. And I was like, Oh, don't don't fall right there. <laughs> like just no yeah. idea because it's just black. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, all, those are always good stories. You know, some of the best yeah. pack outs always are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the hardest ones are always the best ones. It seems like like you like the ones that you just can't like in the moment. You're just like wow, I'm ready to be home or I'm ready to be at the pickup or just done with this. Then you yeah. get back, you're just like, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you do and you have to go back in there again to get your <laughs> load and yeah but like, what's what's me? worse having to go back in for a second load or when you're like i don't want to come back for a second load so you just try to pony up and like take a hundred pounds or 120 pounds at one time and just like miserable the whole time because i've done both i think, <laughs> oh, I think yeah. getting the second half i think i'd rather just put it all on and just tough it out that second trip when you get to the bottom is not I think, I think it depends on who you ask and how old they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, no offense, but I'm just saying, like, honestly, the it used to do this shed trip, been doing it for a while, and, you know, at first, the first trip, I mean, it's about the same weight year after year. First trip was not as bad as this last one has, and, you know, going back never – Today crosses my mind the past few years, and I'm not even getting that old, so <laughs> I can definitely see where it would, you know – you don't have animals that second trip might be worth it <laughs> or if you can camp at your pickup and the meat is going to be fine that's definitely worth doing i would say yeah yeah it just reminded me of uncle dave's bull oh dude that was a good one that yeah. was- biggest bodied bull i've ever seen big old seven by one he was degressing Wait, what did you say seven oh, by yeah. one yep seven by spike <laughs> yeah and it was the first bull he killed in 12 years, so it was awesome. But he yeah. killed it right at last light. Thing came running right by him, just shithouse luck, dropped it in his tracks, literally. We celebrate, take pictures. I think we courted it out that night, hung yep. it up, and then it got dark on us. 
Yeah. And we had to go up this really, really steep hill. So we left everything, came back the next night. But we didn't get back to camp till like midnight or one, right, Eric? Yeah, it was late. It was late. We heard, I, I don't know if it was like, I don't know what it was. We heard some weird stuff that night. <laughs> Just well, weird things you hear in the woods, you know, like, I don't know if it was like cougars or, or you remember <laughs> that? The cat crying, yeah. Yeah, it was weird, screaming, like, cat scream like or something. Crazy. It was enough to make your hair on the back of your neck oh. stand up. Yeah, we ran up that hill. Yeah, <laughs> dude. We, we also ran, like, what, two miles when Uncle Dave said he shot that bull, remember? Oh, yeah, and we were like, right in the middle of the hill. Too. Yeah, right, we were right next to each other, and we were like, no way. And we just started sprinting because he hasn't killed a bull in years. Yeah, uh, good times. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a few that like ring ring a few bells. Like, uh, and it's so funny. Like, I, this year when we were packing out that bear, I was like, "This is absolutely brutal. This sucks." And like, I think once you do it, you've been through the misery enough. You're like, "I know." It's like it just got to keep one foot in front of the other, and eventually I'm gonna get to the pickup, and eventually I'm gonna be like, "Oh, that was a good time." You know, yeah, I think you just, like, you just like you suffer again. enough. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're not not trying to like discourage anybody or anything like that because obviously like we love doing it we're just talking about like everything that the aftermath of being successful you know it's not as easy as it's cracked up to be sometimes like you know even with social media see and it is a great time and everybody's having a good time but you know i appreciate the pictures and videos of people like really showing the struggle like man yeah this yeah. is a grind out here because it is like it's it's not easy when you go back and you know backpack in and stuff like that, but it's always worth it, and you get to see you know crazy stuff. And I mean, how many cool experiences do we have in the high country? I mean, the past what five or six years that we've been really diving after it back there. You get, a, you, know? you get addicted, and you just yeah want to go back. You want you to go back. You yeah. have. Back. <laughs> so I don't what's, know what it's gonna be like when I can't go back. <laughs> what's uh what when you look back on like the last five years, like what's your guys' best memory you think? Like do you have like one that stands out as kind of like the one that I don't know, sticks out the most as far as uh not motivational, but like just like yeah, that's what a backcountry trip is. I mean, for me, I'll have to definitely go to uh I mean our buck that I killed with these guys was awesome. I think that's mine. But the year after when me and Eric killed that six point bull back in there on the first morning, like yeah. just I mean, we, we picked a random spot. We're not random, but we're like, let's just go here. Went there. I think there were seven rigs at the trailhead on a Tuesday. Yeah, we went like midweek and, and yeah, like, like I mean yeah, Cody, that buck, like for all three of us, the buck that we all killed together on the high country trip, for sure, that's like, I mean, that was a true, you know, what, eight or nine day trip. Like that was, that was definitely something that we bit off and really didn't know how much we were biting off at the time. But, <laughs> and that's the deepest you know, we've ever been in, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he killed that buck at like, what, 10 miles in and we were on foot? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we were way back. But, yeah. As a best, like, overall experience, especially regarding the elk hunting, which is mainly what we try to do, you know, in eastern Oregon, that's kind of what there is. There's not a, there's some deer, but not a whole bunch. So, elk hunting, and there's a lot of elk, but yeah, Colby's trip with that, oh, oh yeah, man. we saw some monster bulls, heard the fighting, I mean, it was, Colby, go ahead, it was pretty cool. Just, I mean, there's something about it, you know, we went in there, we're like, we're going to kill a bull, I don't care if there's people in here, you know, screw it, we picked this spot, let's go. Get back in there. There's bulls bugling in the dark on our way up. Get to camp. There's bulls bugling. Get to the top. Bulls bugling. It was like, man, am I dreaming? Like it, 
it's just never like this. <laughs> See two bulls. I go, Eric, I'm going to go kill one of them. 40 minutes later, hey, Eric, I just killed one of those bulls. And Wait, I get back up. What happened? <laughs> I get a text at work. Are you freaking serious? Yeah, Cody's <laughs> working away, and we're out there quartering up a big old six-point bull. But, yeah, I think you, yeah, you killed it, like, by, what, 7 or 7.30? Yeah. But, yeah, that was that was crazy. I mean, yeah, I we get up to the top, I mean, before daylight, you know, get over the top because you don't want to be skylined and get over the top and start glassing up, and bulls are bugling all over, so we have an idea they're there, obviously, and look down and spot the one that Colby ended up shooting. Which and we learned in that country, like, like, like we're saying, we learned in that country, they, they move quite a bit, especially in the rut, you know, they're moving from drainages, they're pushing their cows, like from bedding to, you know, wallow, that type of stuff, just always moving. And so Colby's like, we've learned in the past. He's like, I got to go like right now. And I was like, yeah, sure. Go for it. So oh, like, that year hey. we screwed up. We waited too long and the bull yeah. had up and out and we couldn't get in front of them. And so I was like, dude, I'm going like dropping my stuff literally just went with my bow and rangefinder and took off and, and i was sitting back with the spotter and i was you know his spotter the whole time and and i was on we had radios which was awesome and then colby takes off and we didn't really know i had spotted this other bull that was way off like what do you think colby 800 yards oh I mean, like he was quite 12, a ways away yeah like and, 1200 when i took off probably yeah and i looked up and i could just i could tell you know i could just see antlers at that far with binoculars and low light so i knew it was a good bull and i didn't think he was going to push that far and those like we didn't call or anything you pushed those cows all the way down to that bull that colby ended up killing and little did i know it he was on another one that was bugling and called radio silence and so i just sat there and watched the show and these bulls were like ended up fighting and colby got into the middle of them fighting and had no idea that there was really two or what was going on and then ended up sticking that one. Shot the first one that stepped out, I mean, he was an awesome six-point. Like, I don't care about score, but he was probably like 270. And then the next bull stepped out, which was probably 370. No joke. <laughs> it, it, was, was, it was the biggest bull I've ever seen in the high country in my oh. life. Probably one of the biggest bulls I've ever seen on hoof. For yeah, really he had an eight-inch drop time. He was like, what, an eight, eight by seven, just yeah. a giant. Oh, yeah, and he sat there and looked at Colby at 40 yards in the same window. As oh, I took a picture of it, I, I shot, shot the wrong bull. <laughs> I could have shot him. Yeah. Uh, so you shot she shot, shot the 270 bull and then outsteps the 370 bull? No yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah, 100% uh, true. Uh, <laughs> Did you and just kick yourself? Paid. You know, honestly, I was still pumped. but I At mean, the time, you thought it was like a – I was 300 plus. No, no, no. <laughs> let me tell the story. I thought he was like 315. Like I thought I killed a, like a whopper six point and you know, he was 270, but I was still pumped. I didn't care. It was like, whatever, man, you know, karma will be in my favor the next couple of years. <laughs> and, and I was sitting back and so I was like spotting and I got, actually I got almost all of this on footage. Oh, I'm so mad. I didn't just let the camera record the whole time. Lesson learned, if you're trying to film and you're watching animals do something pretty cool, just let the camera roll. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because I was... And goes, dude, this bull just got gored by the other big bull. And it was like, no, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, because Colby was, last I heard when he called the radio silence, he was on a different bull. So I'm watching these two bulls. They push their cows to the bottom, and I'm watching it. And I have it on film, too, on footage. They're working up. That's how we know how big it was, because I'm sitting there just like, 
crap in my pants, you know, like, oh my <laughs> gosh, like, do I get, like, do I just mess up Colby's opportunity right now for a chance at this big one? Or, you know, what do I do? So I didn't say anything. And I just sat there and filmed these two bulls, like staring each other down, you know, when they do that side by side walk, not really looking at each other. And they get like right to the top of this ridge, like right where the trails at, <laughs> get right to the top. And Colby was there at that time. And that's when they started fighting and it was just right place, right time. And that bull came running out and just fell over. And last <laughs> I saw, they were like thrashing through the che- trees and stuff. And this bull just fell over and started rolling down the hill. So I had no idea what happened. And I thought, <laughs> obviously, this bigger bull just whipped this other bull. And then Colby freaks out on the radio and then out steps that big bull. And I mean, I was pumped, but I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> For a couple minutes, I'm like, are you there? Dude, dude, I'm pumped. <laughs> right now. I'm like, Colby, you don't know what you just didn't shoot? <laughs> uh, yeah, don't worry. I got videos to remind me. Yeah, I <laughs> the, I'm that sure was they, also one of the worst back outs. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure they, like, don't let you live that down either. Oh, no, because then, then, like, the probably the week after, I shot the wrong buck in rifle buck season. <laughs> <laughs> And they don't let me live that down. It was my best year I've ever had, but I shot the two smaller of the buck and the bull that year. Yeah, it was almost the best best you ever had. <laughs> yeah, very best. It could have been legit. <laughs> it was. It was Dude, that's what like, keeps soul. you going back. Do you think if you would have saw that big 370 bull first that you would have shot the 270 bull? I bet you would have. I bet I still would have shot First opportunity, it. really. Yeah, I mean, it was last week. Last week in Oregon, I had the whole week yeah. off. And yeah, if it wasn't if it wasn't last week, you definitely, yeah. But if you don't get an opportunity at a six point goal very often, or no, no, no. no. Yeah. general general season unit over the counter tags, like you know that's and it was a dang good bull, but man, <laughs> if you if you were to know that class of bull was there, I might have said, don't shoot anything but that before you walked away. Especially the way he was <laughs> acting. He was so just rutting hard. And he was bugling after he saw me, shot, oh, I I shot his friend. Oh. Yeah, because he just picked up another 80 cows. Yeah. <laughs> he was king of the hill. Yeah, Dude, there's just something about it. Like when I see, if I would have saw a bull, like nothing in the world would have existed. Like a uh, 220 or 320 bull could have walked like five feet from me. I'd be like, get out of the way, get out of the way. Yeah, like, shoot, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of the same. Like I would, I just felt like if I were to know that bull was there and I was going after it, like physically saw it where I was headed in, that would be like my target, you know? I mean, that's, granted, that's I'm that, different too. It, and it depends on what you, I think what you've, your success rate is hunting as well. You know, like obviously don't ever pass up a good opportunity. If you have freezers had, empty, <laughs> you know, an opportunity of success, but yeah. Yeah. My freezers is empty. I like it. Yeah. That's a, that's a yeah, lot. That's, yeah. Yeah. Very true. That's yeah. Yeah. What was that Cody? Oh, I was just saying that, you know, if I would have seen, you know, had the chance, I take the first opportunity. I'm not, you know, I'm hunting for the biggest animal and everything, but if a 300-inch bull steps out or a 250, I'm shooting it. There's there is slim chances you're going to get on that big bull. Cody shooting a spike. I'll I'll shoot a cow. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I like me. 
So <laughs> three seventy bull, three seventy bull is coming in hard, and a spike walks out at twenty yards to your left. I'll I'll pass the spike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if a three hundred inch bull pops out, I'm shooting that three hundred because I. Up That's until this year, I hadn't killed yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> well, now you got to up your standards now, lucky dog. Yeah. yeah. 315-inch five-point. That was what? pretty cool. So what was the story this year? Or last year, I guess. <laughs> okay. Here we go. <laughs> Deep in the backcountry. Deep, about 10 yards off the road, <laughs> there was a uh, – put our camp out. Uh, no, but – so the first two weeks of, you know, hunting season, I always – go buck hunting, me and my friend Mitch, and then, you know, I go elk hunting from then on out, because I, I kept getting burnt out on elk hunting, I'd elk hunt the whole season, and get burnt out, so I just made it a thing to start hunting the first two weeks bucks, and then get into elk hunting as soon as, you know, they start rutting a little bit, well, this year, you know, we went buck hunting, Mitch killed a pretty nice buck, we're having a good time, me and my dad go out after work, you know, set up camp, so we get camp set up. We wake up the next morning. We're going to go sit on a wallow for a little bit. Well, we're getting up in the morning. We get up really early. It's still dark out. I'm brushing my teeth. My dad pokes his head in the tent. Hey, I just, uh, there's a bull down there bugling. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, cool, bull bugling. <laughs> Keep brushing my teeth and get ready. We're getting ready to get into the side-by-side -side and head down to our, you know, our canyon we were going into. I'm like, well, I may as well bugle and see where he's at. I bugle, and I get halfway through my bugle, and this bull screams back just probably 100 yards away. And I look at my dad jokingly saying, he's right there. <laughs> so, you know, worse. I of think he's close. <laughs> yeah, you know, we always do that. But uh, so we sit down there, and, you know, I had a little bit warmer jacket on. I take it off, get ready, and – it's still a half hour before daylight. Well, we hear him start thrashing right by camp. He's probably 80 yards away. And you can just hear him just tearing everything up. You can, And uh, so it's dark. He comes in about 40 yards from camp. I'm not even joking. <laughs> Rutting up a storm, screaming, rubbing. And luckily we had some buck brush between us and him. It's still dark. And... He screams. I'm like, okay, we're going to get busted. But the wind was in our favor somehow. Just everything worked out this morning. I don't, when it works, it works. So this bull stands there for probably five, 10 minutes looking for, you know, that bull that bugled me. And it finally gets daylight and he kind of works his way off a little bit, gets about 100 yards away. So me and my dad sneak up the skid road we were hunting on. And uh, I rip off a bugle and he rips off right back and you know, you could kind of tell he was a little bit farther away. Well, so I, I run at him, get as close as I can to him. I, I scream again. He screams right back. He starts uh, rubbing his horns again. So I'm like, okay. So I run up the trail. I scream again. He screams right back. And at that time I see him start strutting in. Oh, I hand my dad the bugle and the bull, goes through an opening, I draw, comes out the other side, starts rubbing a tree. Well, my dad's like back behind me, oh, about 50 yards. And I'm like, I look back and I'm like, what do you mean about 50 yards? And he's like, is it 50 yards or not? <laughs> he's like, 50 yards. 
like, okay, he's rubbing his, still rubbing his horns. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm kind of walking back and forth trying to get a shot. Not a lot, but you know, when they're rubbing, you can kind of move around a little bit. Well, I finally get, you know, my shot and I have a Luminoc on first year is allowed in Oregon. It's pretty cool. But, uh, I shoot and I see my arrow going like it's going to shoot, hit right below him. All of a sudden it just sticks right in him and the bull runs off. I'm like, I look at my dad. I'm like, did I just kill a giant? <laughs> He's like, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we sit there for, you know, an hour kind of talking about what we saw and the bull and what kind of bull it was. And I was just hoping for a five point, but I could tell, you know, it was a, a should have been a, you know, big frame six point. We go up to the tree, he was rubbing, he tore that up, find a speck of blood and look up and he ran 22 yards and died. <laughs> huh. It was just, I don't know, probably the best feeling I've ever had in my life. It was amazing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That Experiencing was not- that with my dad, we've been hunting together so long and to find yeah. a big bull like that was just unreal. It was a, uh, video on our Instagram, kind of the experience right there, and it was it's awesome. Just one I'll never beat. I don't think. Embarrassed yeah. of it, but it's just so raw and uncut, and just awesome. It gives you goosebumps when you watch it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. God, how lucky is that? That's so right? crazy. I had ten minutes this year. Ten minutes. Oh, that was the first day you were hunting. Yeah, I went to camp, got <laughs> up, got up, shot a bull. Could have shot it in camp. <laughs> it was too dark. Doesn't Literally, count if you had to get out of the it, tent. <laughs> yeah, it died 200 yards from camp, and yeah, I like packed it back. <laughs> I went, uh, I was hunting sleds one time. It must have been 2011. And uh, so hunting up this area, and these guys um, that I know were kind of in the same area. They had a sled stag, and and they're they're camped on this road or whatever, and they're they I they'd been there like a week before I got there, and they're like, yeah, I just I don't know, there's just no elk. All we're seeing is moo cows and all this and whatnot. And um, one day we uh, we came, I was coming by, and right where their camps are top of a basin, there's usually elk right there below. So I like pulled next to their camp, and I think they were off hunting or whatever, and rip off a bugle and a bull bugles i mean maybe 150 yards down the hill from their camp uh-huh. and i was just like laughing is like right behind their camp and then this bull starts coming up and it wasn't a bull i was going to shoot but this bull walked in right behind their camp and it was like we just kind of stood there like he was looking at camp didn't care was like bugling looking for me and i was like these guys like can't find an elk and we're saying like oh nothing around here i'm like I, they could have shot it from their from their camper like it was like a trailer camper <laughs> i was like you literally could have shot it from around the camper <laughs> wow. i've been there before though can't find elk come back find a trail camp picture of one walking through camp oh totally <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, that probably see. happens more than we know oh, oh yeah yeah 100 percent. and yeah it's 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 funny too sometimes you can even like you know you don't necessarily get you know sneak up on them and don't hear them and they come behind you but you know you kind of like hear something moving or whatever and then you go up a little bit further and you find tracks and then they do a button hook around you you know it's just like man i wonder how many times you walk by animals and don't even see them and they just button hook right around you right back from where more they came than from. you want to know oh, yeah yeah more 
Way more. Cougars especially. Yeah. I want to I wanna know how many times like I've set up, done like a calling session for, you know, 20 minutes left. And like, I wish you could just have like a trail cam where you were. Cause I'm sure like 10 minutes later, here comes a bull just dead silent walking in like, Hey, where, where'd those guys go? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We yeah. even, I mean, yeah. I don't want Definitely. to. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. No I, kidding. I can't hold still. <laughs> uh, so what what advice do you guys have uh, for other guys, you know, just starting out, whatever, kind of, you know, still fumbling around the woods looking for elk. What advice do you guys have? Don't be Call. scared to get out there. Don't, don't get ex- discouraged. I've went, I went a lot of years without killing an elk. And then, you know, I hunted for 10 minutes this year and killed a bull. So you never know when it's going to work out for you. You got people from, you know, I've been hunting here my whole life in Eastern Oregon and you get people hunting for the first time, you know, from the Portland area that just come and kill a bull their first time. So yeah, yeah just, Cody literally wanted to give up on archery elk hunting two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Now I'm hooked. I think those words have been out of everybody's mouth. Not me. <laughs> Not me. I, I, there's no way I could ever give it up. No. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. Just put in time. Um, I mean, Honestly, preseason scouting is going to help out a lot. If you if you can find the time to set out some trail cams and at least find where some elk are hanging out at, you know, preseason because they're still in their summer routine the first couple few weeks of archery season for sure before they start rutting, you know, and that'll that'll definitely increase your odds of running into animals and and I mean if they're I don't know I'm no elk expert but if they're bugling like you got to start being vocal too don't be afraid to call I mean yeah. I've heard the Get worst close. sounding bugles call in bulls and the best sounding bugles make them run away so you just never know That's yeah. what I was saying like don't be scared to get out there like don't be scared to embarrass yourself or do something stupid cuz we've done so many stupid <laughs> things we've embarrassed yeah. ourselves in front of expert hunters like part of learning, you gotta fail several times before you succeed. So don't be don't be scared to fail because it's gonna happen. You're gonna uh, want to yeah. give up on what you did. It's just you gotta get out there and do it. I, I think the moral of the story is don't leave camp. Just call from camp, <laughs> and <laughs> that's how you kill your biggest bull today. Yeah, don't yep. go back in ten miles. Just set up a camp, bugle from there, and you'll be good. <laughs> And that's it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Were you cooking bacon? Because that that makes a lot of sense. If you were cooking bacon or something, Were you making breakfast when that elk came in. Yeah. I don't think we, normally we do, but I don't I think was... we had breakfast that morning. <laughs> well, yeah. that can't be it. I thought maybe the bacon, the smell of bacon. Yeah. It's probably the spam sandwiches from the night before. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, there's a lot that can go into it, but. It's yeah, just kind of just getting out there, I think, is the first step. And then, you know, the more you develop a passion, the more you just keep keep grinding and keep setting trail cams. And yeah, and if you want to get into it, get with, you know, some people with knowledge. That's that's where you learn the most is, you know, older guys that have done it yes. their whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's kind of funny. Like, I know uh, Cody and I kind of talked about uh, like the way things have changed, you know. I mean, I know me, Cody, and Colby have all been hunting with our dad since, you know, day one. And oh, yeah. just the tactics and everything have changed from the time, you know, there to now, which is kind of cool to see that we've been a part of kind of a little transition period in hunting. But it, there's definitely, you got to put in more effort and, 
you know, talk to the people that still do it. Because if you talk to those guys that are like 70 or so, they might, if they're still out there, they know how. But some of them, you know, are, you don't push thickets anymore like you used to. Yeah, my, dad, my dad's style and my style are, you know, he learns from me now. Yeah. And when we go rifle hunting, I learn from him, you know, it just. For sure. Rifle hunting and archery hunting are a lot different. But they've definitely taught us everything we know. We've just definitely, you know, grown with the passion and. We've taught just them a went, couple things too. Yeah, went with the the progression of hunting nowadays. I mean, I you've seen that it's it's changed, and social media has changed it a lot too. Oh boy, but yeah, like my dad used to hate trail cameras. He didn't understand. You know, he's like, "That's cheating." Now he's <laughs> the one that sets up the trail cameras and checks them. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, but hunting's definitely changed back from you know pushing thickets, like Eric was saying. You know opening morning you got your family hunt you got your yeah these guys are set up here this guy's set up here these guys are pushing from here to here and you know my grandpa killed literally 35 bulls from one tree (laughs) wow that's crazy yep he just found it when he was you know young and he's just been sitting in it until he could you know until he couldn't anymore and 35 bulls isn't that that's just amazing to me that yeah. is amazing. That's a lot of freaking yeah. elk. Was it? Was he in the tree or just at the base of it? In the tree. He, <laughs> wow. He's he old-fashioned. He literally didn't have power in their house until they were like 21. <laughs> <laughs> and he's telling the truth. <laughs> like that's, that's real. He didn't, yeah. He, I, I, I'm actually surprised at the in the tree because I, I don't know any old-timers that would have thought of that. Like most of the old-timers, when you said from a tree, like – that to me, like if I was talking about my grandpa or something, he'd be like, oh yeah, you you know you sit by that big pine or that big whatever uh, up on yeah. top of that ridge. It wouldn't mean like in the tree. <laughs> and he knew it. He knew that tree so well. He you know because there'd be people that push kind of around a couple canyons and come down. And he always tells the story of uh, a guy that he took hunting up there. And he says, okay, you're gonna get to the tree. You're gonna be quiet. And at seven o'clock, there's going to be a bull pop out either on this trail or across the canyon on this trail. This guy had four shells and uh, the one bull pops out. He shoots it. The next guy jumps up that he was with. And at nine, like he said, nine o'clock and seven o'clock, the bulls are going to come out. And to a T, those bulls came out on the dot. It's just crazy how much he knows that area and yeah how well he hunted that you know 35 bulls i mean that's yeah 35 (laughs) that's just blows my mind still yeah Yeah, that's a lot of things things aren't like that anymore though you know like (laughs) i mean you don't get that you can't sit in a spot long enough to shoot 35 bulls Yeah, well, well first off, you, you take you like you only get a tag every like six years, right? so. <laughs> so especially with the Oregon draw system, I mean it's it's hard to get a tag. Like I've personally never, well, I don't think any or Cody have. Did you have you drawn a tag, branch bull tag, right? I no? did when I was twelve or thirteen, and it it was a cow tag. So, no, I've never, I've never drawn a branch bull tag in my home state of Oregon, and neither is Colby. Nope. It's all been just, you know, general over-the-counter tags. It's the only way you can get one. Yep. So, oh, that's crazy. Like 14 points, I think, right now, trying to draw one of the 
the big three, but who knows what the points will be by the time we can draw it. But twenty-five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Only, only like sixteen more years to go. We'll be good. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't imagine the outer staters that put in for Oregon that are trying to pull a tag. Oregon does not give hardly mm-hmm. any out of state tags for draw units, and I appreciate. It. well the the thing to me is like i don't having been around some of the top three units like they're okay they're pretty good but like for the number of points you're freaking crazy like yeah it just blows me away i had a buddy last year uh i I know a couple guys that drawn mount emily tags i'm like that's not mm-hmm. that great. Like you go to Wyoming on two, three points and be hunting the same caliber of bulls. Oh, exactly. You know, and I a hundred percent agree with you because, you know, like that's where I spend my time. Basically the only time that I can spend in that unit ever legally is shed hunting, you know, or those units, you know, yeah. all three of them. And it's, yeah, it's not your I mean, they kill some giants. There's been obviously the state records are killed out of there, you know, 437 inch bull. Like that's a, that is an absolute freak bull. But yeah, they're not everywhere. No, and if I draw that tag, like I've, I'll, I just am committed at this point, and I want to kill one of those respectable 350 inch bulls, you know, in my home state. But uh, so I'm just committed to to doing that. And but yeah, you're gonna if you see 340. I would say shoot. I would. Yeah. I spent a yeah. lot of time up there, and there's not very many of those bulls that are that class. You know, three, three forty to three sixty is a definite. You're pulling the trigger, so it's really yeah. not. And you can get that all day in Wyoming and Idaho, and I mean a bunch of other states where you don't have to wait twenty years. Yeah, that's I wouldn't insane, say man. all day. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not all day, but you know what I mean. Like, there's just a much more quantity. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you can don't have to wait twenty years. Yeah, and then feel yeah. bad if you you know might end up being your tag. You never know. There's so much pressure. It seems like when you get that tag, you're so stressed out when you have it. Oh man. You well, know, that's the thing. Like I try to harp on guys that like are trying to go on a western hunt. It's like, man, don't just wait for a good tag. Go, just go on. You know, even over the counter Oregon tags are like you're gonna have mm-hmm. fun. You're gonna get an elk. You're gonna have the same experience. It's just way less pressure. You know, like even yeah. if you draw yep. a five point tag, it's like, oh, I got to kill one because it feels like you can only do it every five years. Whereas, you know, go to Idaho, go to Oregon, something over the counter uh, yep. and just have fun. Just suck at it with all of us. Like just have that <laughs> supper fest of like, yeah, I saw one elk today. It was a good day. Yeah. And like, I just, yeah, I, I, I think you appreciate it more that way. And hunting's, sure. a lot, hunting's a lot more than just killing an animal too. Oh, oh sure. yeah. It's about... Spam sandwiches. Spam <laughs> sandwiches. Not for Colby. Hunting but... with your friends. You know, there's a lot more to hunting than just killing a big animal. Oh, man. 100%. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's it's just the experience in general, and obviously killing makes it – or harvesting, I guess. I don't want to say killing, but, I mean, harvesting an animal makes it that much better. But yeah. it, the experience, you know, in general is just awesome. Like some some of the best times that we've ever had, we haven't killed anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Walked around, had a good time, and maybe had opportunity, but just didn't seal the deal. But being there, you know, and experiencing it, learning it hard, yeah. every time. Like working hard makes it memorable. Yeah, putting in too. the hard work and just makes it that much better. 
Coming from the guy oh. who shot a 315 bull from the tent. <laughs> Exactly. You know how many miles I put in to kill that bull? <laughs> Thousands. <laughs> Thousands. Throw a guy a bone. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, where can uh, where can we check out some of you guys' uh, films or videos, stuff like that? Where can we catch up with what you guys are working on? Yeah. So we got a YouTube account, uh, CCS Outdoor. Uh, we put all of our videos up on there. We post videos on our Instagram page as well, um, CCS Outdoor as well. And we got CCS Cody, CCS Colby, and I believe Eric goes by Eric Jacobs. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been posting YouTube videos since 2010. It started with coyotes, and we've kind of pro- progressed to uh, video almost everything we possibly can. You know, sometimes solo hunts we can't, but we still try. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yep, we got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So, yeah, it's a I mean, it's a pretty cool to just follow along, kind of learn with us because we show it all. We don't hide anything. I mean, success, failures, all of it. So The good, the bad, and the ugly, and I don't want to hear about the ugly, all right? <laughs> you can comment, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to us, but I don't want to hear anything bad. <laughs> no negative Nancy's. We'll appreciate you guys jumping on. Uh, some awesome stories. Had a good time. Uh, everybody go check out their YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. Uh, thanks again, guys. And uh, look forward thanks to seeing how, what this year brings. I mean, oh, seasons is like getting close, guys. Yeah. Yep. We'll yeah, to catch up again for sure. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Cody. Appreciate it. Yeah, we got some couple out of state tags this year, too. So Ooh. definitely worth staying tuned for. If you want the blueprint that I developed after interviewing hundreds of the best elk hunters in the world and 20 plus years of my own hunting experience, check out my new Elk Hunt 201 course. It's a four-step system for doubling your success. It's a framework to give you a step-by-step system that you can build off of for finding elk, getting close to elk, and killing elk without getting lucky. Check it out. Link in the show notes.